Hey, welcome to the manual. Today's uh, topic will be uh, kind of going to the sports world, talking about um, uh, boxing, one of my favorite sports. Actually, my number one favorite sport. Um, something that I actually, as a personal trainer, I still work out in that aspect, and I still um, um, uh, watch the sport when I can. I've always had an issue with how um, there's no governing body, and the alphabet um, belts basically will dictate who and what champions we've had. Uh, you never really got to see a lot of people fight a lot of people because of um, in this day and age. And again, it might be, you know, economics always rules the day. But at the end of the day, you want to see and face the best. You know, if if um, for every for every Mike Tyson um, there was probably a guy out there that was just as talented and just as good, but didn't have the platform, didn't have the exposure that this person had. So I get it, you know, how, how that goes about. Uh, everyone feels they grew up in a, their own golden age of something. Um, I like to say I grew up in the golden age of boxing for my generation, um, which I started watching fights with my dad when I was about 11. So uh, it was my first int- introduction to that. And actually Mike Tyson... Um, before he was the champion, uh, I watched his very first fight on TV. Uh, he fought a guy named Jesse Ferguson, Thunder Ferguson. It was crazy. Mike, that was the fight that Mike said, I wanted to hit him so hard, in his nose, break his nose, to put that bone up into his brain. I had never heard anything like that. Crazy. I was like, who does that? But anyway, um, so why I say the, the, why I revert to the, that's the golden era is basically because... I feel that back then, a lot of fighters got a, um, got a chance. Uh, one of the things back then, uh, this is pre-social media, so I'm dating myself, obviously. Um, Ring Magazine, Contender Magazine, I think, and there was another one, another boxing magazine. I can't, it, it, the name escapes me right now. But I used to get these magazines, and it had a ranking um, system in it for, for the belts. And back then, just like it is now, um, the the belts are the WBC, WBA, and IBF, right? The other belts, WBO, um, there's so many now. Those belts didn't really matter. Um, when you saw Mike Tyson, who was the undisputed champion at the time, come to the ring, he was wearing on his body the three belts that actually mattered. The other stuff was carried by his entourage coming into the ring. Go look this up. I'm not telling any, any falsehoods, but that's what it was. So, you know, um, I had wished at some point that those three belts had kind of formed something that would, you know, give us some of the good content. But anyway, why I say it's the Golden Era is because back then they had things like the Super 6 tournament. They had title elimination fights. Um, the Super 6 was actually pretty dope because you would literally watch uh, fights for the next three years because they have to pair up these guys in a competition. And this was world competition. So a lot of people, um, and I'm not going to pick on any particular fight of this era, but a lot, of, a lot of fighters have these inflated records where they've only faced people from their region. They've only faced people from the South part of the U.S. or they face everybody in the U.S., but they have not had an amateur career or a pro career. They have taken them, you know, overseas where there's uh, dozens and dozens upon dozens of countries that have fighters and have great fighters at that. So when you are, um, and this is when the heavyweight division, I guess, mattered, 
um, at least to me in, in my eyes, is that you are the world heavyweight champion. You were the best of the best. You were the top apex predator, right? But nowadays, some of these guys don't even face each other. And, and again, it might be economics. Um, I would hate to say that a fighter is fearful of another fighter. But again, people scout each other and they watch tape and they watch this and that. And then they kind of see where, um, you know, where where they are, you know. But um, getting back to, I guess, what I want to talk about today is is the lack of, um, of, of uh, fighter control uh, that we've seen over the last probably um, decade or so in where... Picking, picking on something. I guess I can go into like maybe like Lomachenko, right? Great, talented fighter. Probably one of the best fighters that I've seen in, in, in that I can remember. Uh, footwork, um, very cagey, um, doesn't get hit a lot. Um, has multiple game pl- fight plans going into a fight. That kind of talent is generational, as you would say, like in football or basketball or whatever. So he's like the Michael Jordan of boxing. But he is a fighter that is on top rank, um, which is Bob Arum's um, thing. So back in the day, Bob Arum and um, Don King were like the two top uh, dudes. Now, Don King has since fell off years ago after a lot of um, fighters sued him for uh, misrepresentation or their money wasn't right or whatever the case is. Don is not who he, Don actually promotes fights on ESPN right now, which is the craziest thing ever because Don was the pay-per-view king back in the day uh, for many of those who weren't old enough to remember that. Um, so Bob Arum, um, still one of the um, top promoters in boxing, and he has a he has a stable of good fighters. He has um, Pacquiao, which is, you know, Hall of Fame agent vet, um, and Terrence Crawford, and of course Lomachenko. So these three fighters, you know, barring Pacquiao's out of his prime, these three these three fighters actually can generate a lot of money if you face them. But the problem is, is that they don't have contracts that can force them to fight mandatory challenges or fighters who are ranked in position to fight them. They get to handpick their opponents or their promoters get to handpick their opponents, which is crazy because, again, as a as a fighter, as a athlete, you want to feel that you face the best, you beat the best, you are the best. And to have something like that, not you're not in control of it, is is kind of crazy. I actually didn't appreciate um, Mayweather until he retired. Uh, as a boxer, I always felt he fought too safe. But um, in him correcting all of us, boxing is not a it's not a sport where you are there to get there to get hit. You know, Sweet P. Whitaker, Pernell Whitaker, rest in peace, King. Um, was one of the greatest defensive fighters that I saw in my era. Obviously, there were a lot more fighters, uh, Willie the Wisp, way before, but Pernell Whitaker was one of the first persons, people that I remember that was very talented in not getting his brains, his brains beat in, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, so I didn't appreciate that. But one of the things I appreciated more about Mayweather is that there was no corporate, corporate sponsorship and he had control of his his um his contracts right maybe in the beginning of his career not so much but towards the middle and the end of the end of his career he actually was able to control a lot of of what he did he actually fought once or twice a year and if you remember he fought around Cinco de Mayo I don't know why that was but he's probably one of the fighters that beat the most Mexican champions ever 
So he fought around Cinco de Mayo, which he, which will be in May, and then he fought usually in September. So he fought twice a year. He is not my my goat. He could be TBE. I gave him that, you know, the best of his era. But my goat or my um, Mount Rushmore of goats, um, Sugar Ray Robinson is, is number one for me. And it's not it's it's debatable, it's arguable, but. The fights are there um, as far as what this man was able to accomplish. He actually has 100 more fights than Mayweather um, in that regard because with that type of volume back in the day, any fighter from back in the day, any athlete from back in the day that played football, that played basketball or whatever, the toll that that takes on your body is incredible. And as a fighter, the average to have 175, 174 fights, um, which is uh, which there are a lot of other people out there that have records similar or a little higher than that. The thing about Sugar Ray Robinson is that that means you probably fought six or seven times a month. And anyone who's ever boxed or sparred or anything of that aspect, you feel the effects of this for 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 a few when you do it. So I, I couldn't imagine having seven or eight pro fights a month in in that regard. And you know, most of your fights you're defending your your championship. It is absolutely crazy, and one of the greatest feats that he that he almost pulled off that as a middleweight he fought for the heavyweight championship, and it was actually out in Las Vegas, I think, or Reno, but it was outside desert heat. He actually was exhausted. It's actually a really really cool story um, if you read about that fight. But the basics of that is that you know at his middleweight weight he fought a guy bigger than him, which is pretty much a street fight because. On the streets, you can't, you know, you can't measure up and say, well, how much do you weigh? Let's fight. It is what it is. So um, that's why he's my goal. Anyway, so getting back, um, changing gears back to to what I was saying um, about this era of boxers is that uh, we still have um, a situation where, you know, um, guys aren't getting the fights that they deserve um, from, the, from the mandatory challengers who who want to make their name, and the guys sitting on top um, are handpicking who they want to fight. A great example of this is Adonis Stevenson. Uh, if y'all don't know who Adonis Stevenson is, uh, he doesn't fight anymore because he um, had a critical, uh, almost tragic end to his career. And it is partly, and again, this is my personal opinion, this is not the opinion of anyone um, but me, is that he stuck around way too long in the sport for one thing, because he had attained um, his championship, um, and he had, you know, he should have had made a lot of money uh, or enough money to sustain uh, him for the rest of his life. But this is what this is the fatal flaw in this because he was fighting people that um, he was beating. Um, he he relied on a on a um, on a punch, a one punch trick, uh, and the thing about that is that. You get figured out after a while, you know, anybody can be clipped at any point in a fight. It happens. But he didn't realize that he didn't realize that that was the case, that, you know, someone was going to figure him out. He fought a guy by the name of Badu Jack and Badu is is very um, is a very easy. He's a middle tier fighter, but he's the kind of guy that he takes a while to get going. And in, 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 in boxing, you know, knockout is not the end all be all. But it, it is a skillful, I'm sorry, skillful sport, in where you, you score points. And if you take too many rounds off, um, it's hard to rally when the fight's that close. 
So Donna Stevenson obviously escaped that fight, um, which I, like I said, I, I would, I would have given it to Battle, but at the end of the day, he Battle put it on himself that he didn't fight until the sixth round. Like he didn't really put up that much of an effort to show that he had that kind of, um, that kind of skill. So he got, you know, he got outdueled. But Adonis Stevenson stuck around again, facing guys um, and and taking his time. But he ended up fighting someone that pretty much put him in a coma and almost ended his life. You know, who am I to say when your career should be called? That's up to you and your trainers and your family and and, and ultimately uh, the, the sport. There's there's a lot of fighters that the ring has retired, and when fighters or the sport says that. That means you get to a point in your career where your reflexes aren't what they are. You are the champion of yesteryear, and basically, uh, you're out to pasture. You have to understand, like, the ring is going, somebody's going to beat me up that bad where I can't do this anymore. This is not fun for me no more. This is a payday in in most regards, but it is what it is. So, um, going back to Donna Stevenson, which kind of ties into this conversation a little bit that we're having is that he ended up um, dodging two great fighters of his era um, in his division for whatever reason, whether it was is up to him or Emmanuel Stewart, God, you know, God bless the dead, or his promotion. He, Andre Ward, one of the greatest fighters of our generation, doesn't get talked enough, talked about enough uh, in the regards of a Mayweather or Lomachenko. Andre's never lost. He's never lost on any level since since he was fighting as a kid uh olympics fights pro fights the guys never lost he's he's great he was a great champion um in, in that regard adonis stevenson never fought him the other guy was um his name escapes me but he got beat by andre ward um i'll get you the name in a second but these two guys basically went avoided. You know what I'm saying? You you're calling yourself, you know, the linear champion or whatever whatever moniker you're using, but you haven't you haven't beat the top two the top two guys in your division. You know? Or their division, however you wanna however you want to slice that up. You haven't beat them. You haven't even faced them. You haven't had any contract negotiations to say, well, we're trying to make a fight with this person, but, you know, it's stalling because they want more money or I want more money or I'm the draw, whatever. It just never happened. And, you know, you took a tragic loss to somebody who who saw you as a meal ticket, who basically said, you know what, this is my shot at a championship. This is also my shot um, at a big payday and to get my name out. So at the end of the day, that ring is a plate for some people and that's what it was you know all right so going back to um uh the sport of boxing um and i don't i don't necessarily look at it as as a declining sport um per se it unless you're measuring it up to how it was in the 80s and 90s and maybe even the 70s um with the advent of the m the mma and other combat sports that we can see on, on TV, um, boxing doesn't get the um, the love that it used to get, and that's simply because of what I'm saying. It's 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 because we we don't get a chance to see these fights that we would like to see. 
Um, and if we do see them for some crazy reason, we get to see them late in one of the guys' career. So, obviously, if you face someone, you know, um, if, you, if you faced someone in their prime 10 years ago, they're not the same fighter uh, 10 years from now. You know, if they're still fighting, they're not the same person. So when you beat that person, in, in the back of your mind, it should, it should register that, man, you know, if I'd have fought this person like five years ago, seven years ago, you know, versus 10 years ago, it probably wouldn't have been you know, this much of a, um, a mismatch. But again, that's, you know, that's based on, on, on the thing. Boxing is, is a sport where it has a, it has a world fan base, right? Football, American football doesn't have a world fan base. It only has an American fan base for, for that regard. You know, we, we got fans in Europe now because NFL goes to London a couple of uh, weeks a year to play games. But at the end of the day, it's it's boxing is like what's like what soccer is or football, it, um, real football, <laughs> which is a global sport. And for that kind of reach, it's a shame that they don't have the type of um, uh, mechanisms and vehicles in place to actually, you know, make make these fighters, um, you know, super super wealthy or or you know more popular. Um, Mayweather. Going back to Mayweather, one of the things that struck me as a as a real stand up thing is that he, throughout his career, he's made he's probably made of any fighter he's probably made the most money um, that I can remember. I don't remember anyone other than Mike Tyson maybe or Evander Holyfield making making that kind of money um, coming up, and, and even his per fight money or his contract with Showtime, which was crazy. Um, he never had corporate corporate sponsorship. You know, they've, they've asked them numerous times, why don't you, you know, Nike, Puma, Adidas, Reebok, you know, uh, Verizon, who, you know, who, who is backing you? And he says that he doesn't need corporate sponsorship because his name he doesn't own. It is, it's his father's name. And being a junior myself, I kind of could understand that, is that, that that name was given to you by your father. Um, and if you're one of those um, guys that's like a second and a third and all of that, you know, usually when you become a junior before you become a third, that is a, in an important um, uh, step for your father to name you after him. All right. So when it comes down to it, he said, I don't own this name. You want to you want to use this name for any kind of um, publicity. You need to talk to Mayweather Sr. And that's actually pretty dope that he did that. But he took a gamble on his own career, knowing his star power and the kind of money he could generate. He didn't really care to have, you know, um, you know, to have these, you know, these corporate sponsorships because, again, in his eyes, he looked at this as 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 um, monetary slavery. Um, I think I don't know if he used that exact um, vernacular about it, but he he looked at it as you know someone will own this name and, and whatnot. On the reverse of that, Muhammad Ali got paid by Sports Illustrated fifty million dollars to use the name that he was given. And not his, not his given name. Use the name that Muhammad Ali that was given to him. <coughs> Excuse me. So, you know, um, when fighters are in a position to make um, money, um, I have no problem with anyone that plays a combat sport or a, a very physical sport that can have that have to maximize their money and their dollars as much as they can. Because, again, you're not promised that you're going to get a championship shot all the time. You're not promised that you're going to get these type of sponsorships. You know, you have to kind of carve out your own way. It, it, it is a truly brutal sport um, and a brutal existence to have because 
again, at the end of the day, um, that's what it is. I'm going to take this conversation um, later into a um, a forum type, where I'm going to have one of my one of my guys talk that I talk boxing with all the time, kind of chime in and, and get his aspect his uh, his aspect on it. So I look forward to reconnecting with you guys a little bit later and continuing this conversation. Thank you again for listening to the manual. My name is Cleve. Peace.